0: And welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And on today's episode, we're going to start, as we always do, with a conversational potluck, where we each bring one meaty or vegetarian topic to the table to explore in depth. And then we'll finish off with our rapid fire quick picks sharing the top three things we've been recommending or obsessing over during the past month. But before we get into all of that, Gabe, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. It's been a, it's been a crazy few days, though. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, for so context, because I mean. we don't know when people are going to listen to this. It is Monday, January 30th. Uh, three days ago, Trump signed his executive order. Mm -hmm. banning refugees and Muslim immigrants from many countries, uh, from entering the U S and yeah, man, it feels like it's been a crazy three days. It's been crazy.
0: Kind of surreal, right? Like can't, you can't really believe it's actually happening. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, like I was like, um, so like, obviously like in one sense, um, this is all deeply depressing and like very troublesome and like concerning for all the, the reasons we know. Um, but man, at the same time, like the reaction over the weekend, um, with like everyone just like spontaneously heading out to airports and doing yeah. protests, like lawyers getting out there, like it just like just people snapped their fingers and shit just happened. And it was like, I think I ended the weekend feeling like mostly like inspired and stoked and like ready to fight rather than like you know in a mode of despair. Yeah, really nice.
0: yeah. I love it. I feel like I saw this weekend so many people get engaged and show up for protests and start like asking what they can do and reaching out like people who I have never been doing this kind of stuff before, never been getting involved in this way before. Um, And that's been something beautiful about all this. Um, But it has been really hard emotionally for people, too. Um, I know, Gabe, your wife and one of my best friends is uh, is from Iran and her family is from Iran. And, uh, I can imagine this has been pretty hard for her and her family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's obviously a bit more personal. Um, yeah. uh, you like, know people have family members affected by this. Um, but yeah, she actually got out there today. Give her like a huge shout out. She got out there today too. Like she's also an attorney who speaks Farsi. So she <laughs> went to LAX with some other friends and her brother and so um, we're awesome. out there representing people and, and working hard. And they had a great, they had 40 lawyers showing up at LAX. Like they had oh. more lawyers than they needed to do the work, which again, like on a Monday, like people have jobs and work, but just yeah. like dropped everything they were doing and showed up. And I just think again, like if we keep like this sort of energy and, and keep pushing like this, like good things are going to happen yeah. or less bad things are going to happen. <laughs> for
0: sure. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully we can keep the momentum going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, uh, that being said, let's dive into our conversational potluck. Jamin, I think you're first. What are you bringing to the table?
0: All right. Well, today, um, I want to share something that most people don't know about me. Um, It's not because I'm hiding it or anything, but uh, it's definitely something that only I would say like my close friends really know and maybe some housemates. Um, And I think actually a lot of people who might listen to this would actually be able to relate. Um, but yeah, for the last few years, I've been struggling with chronic health issues and it really sucks. (laughs) It sounds like
1: it really sucks. Like what's the, give me like sort of like the basic overview like what's, what's been going on.
0: Yeah. So basically like I have hypothyroidism, which is actually super common and it's when your thyroid gland, which, you know, pretty much controls your entire body's metabolism is running low. And so for, like, the last, like, I want to say, like, 10 years, I've been experiencing symptoms, like, constantly feeling exhausted and going through, like, big bouts of depression, um, brain fog, having trouble focusing, poor memory, uh, having a constantly dry and sore throat, and also, like, dry skin and sinus, cold hands and feet, weak immune system, needing, like, nine hours of sleep just to feel, like, kind of okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's been really shitty, and I think it's one of those things that you never really hear people talk about their health issues. Um, but there's a lot of us out there, <laughs> and like. And uh, I don't know. I just it, it was interesting to me that like I noticed, I realized this past week that like most people don't still don't know this about me, and I'm like, oh, this is not something I'm hiding, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like it'd be fun to talk about. So.
1: Cool. Let's, uh, I'm curious, like where you think that, um, you say like most people don't talk about health issues. Like, where do you think that comes from? Like what holds you back from talking about it? What do you think holds other people back?
0: Yeah. I mean, so it's not really sexy. <laughs>
1: that's, yeah, that, that is that's true. Probably, <laughs> almost definitionally. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's probably the first thing it's like, yeah. Like to, to admit that like, there's something wrong with you or there's something like not perfect or great. Um, I don't know. Like, I think anything that can hurt your social standing is something you try to, like, keep away. You don't want to be, like, a pariah or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me also, like, um, I think for, like, for a long period of time, I actually didn't know what was going on. Like, I actually thought for years, I thought it, it was just all – I had all these separate health issues that I couldn't figure out. I was like, maybe it's allergies. Maybe it's whatever. Um and, it, and it, it just took years and years to even really figure out, like, what was going on with me. um And, like, and the process of going through that, like, wasn't pretty, right? Like, I remember a lot of times, like, even when I was, like, living in Kauai and, like, from Facebook photos, it looked like I'm having the time of my life, right? Um, which in parts I was, but the parts you didn't see were, like, I spent so many days feeling so exhausted and and always exhaustion and depression go together. And, like, so depressed. Like, I couldn't. Mm-hmm do anything i would just like sit in the car that i bought there and like just sit by the beach trying to read not really being able to do that and just feeling like what is wrong with my life like not realizing that it was an actual like health issue um so it's not sexy and it's yeah it's not super fun to talk about
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that that is for sure it's funny i i'm remembering now uh this one time when i had pneumonia i had pneumonia twice and i think this was the (laughs) second time um and I just remember, I just felt so horrible. It maybe was the worst I've ever felt in my life, like just in a horrible place. And I just remember being so elated when I found out I had pneumonia, because at least I had something. Something. It's like, just a diagnosis. Was just yeah. Like a you weren't crazy. Changer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I definitely, definitely relate to that. I'm curious. So, so you know, knowing you very well, I've seen a little bit from afar you going through this, and I have the sense that you have gone through an immense amount of like work and research to both first figure out what was actually going on. Cause this wasn't something a doctor just like handed you a simple answer for you just did a test and it came back. So like you talk like a little bit about like the work you've had to do to sort of figure this out. It seems like in some ways on your own, like what was actually wrong and then to also start to like figure out some solutions.
0: Yeah. It was a pretty crazy process. I think because it wasn't like so obvious what was going on. And it, it just slowly was like building and creeping over years and years. Um, literally until the point where it got so bad, I like couldn't ignore it. You know, I think right after I got back from Kauai, I remember like I came home to my parents' house, expected to just be there for maybe like a month or so. And I was there for like six to nine months, almost like bedridden. You know, I think mm-hmm. you remember me during that time. Like I was like, f- like freezing cold all the time. I was always sick. Um, I didn't have enough energy to really like go outside the house, like to really hang out with people. Like all that felt like overwhelming to me. I remember, and I was feeling like really depressed and down. Um, And, uh, and yeah, it was like at that point I was like, okay, something is off here. And, you know, every Western doctor I've met is like telling me like, Hey, your TSH levels are fine. Like you don't have hypothyroidism, but like I knew I had a family history of it and all the signs were kind of making sense. Um, And so, like, I actually had to learn uh, to be my own advocate and, like, to actually, like, start taking some of my own, like, health into, like, my own hands. Um, And, yeah, I had to, like, spend a lot of time researching. Um, I started joining other, like, patient groups online of, like, people who are, like, suffering similar things. Yeah, it was – it got crazy. And I was, like, like, just talking to tons of people, comparing experiences, comparing doctors' experiences, recommending, uh, like, good doctors to see, like – there's like a whole world out there and I I had to really dive into it on my own. Um, And yeah, and it was, it was pretty crazy. It like shook my faith in Western medicine a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not anti Western medicine. I think it's amazing for, for some things, especially like emergency situations, but it doesn't have the answer for everything. And especially Mm -hmm. for something like this, that, it's just is 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 much more vague and could be coming from a million different sources. Um, there was nothing to really like cut out, you know, or like just a or a simple drug that would just fix it. Um and so yeah, I had to like yeah, I just just had to do so much of my own research as well as find with that research, find like good doctors and other types of holistic doctors and stuff who who really could help me. And like with all that, I was finally able to like, I think over like two years like finally get the right kinds of medication like change some like dietary and health habits take the right supplements and was able to alleviate like up to like 80 percent of my symptoms i would say i feel like i'm probably like 80 yeah i'm like 80 or 90 percent good on that this the 10 percent still sucks (laughs) but um i'm i feel like i'm a pretty much functioning human being right now which is awesome that's (laughs) gotta be the goal um And and is your, like, this, the,
1: like, solution that you've landed on, at least for now, would you say that's, like, a blend of, like, Eastern and Western medicine, or is it mostly on the Eastern side? Like, h- how did that sort of land?
0: Yeah, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. I'm, like, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. It's I feel like it, not until you're desperate and, like, you will try anything to figure out what's going on will you start to, like, experiment with, like, alternative methods of healing. And, like... Yeah. And like, I've, I've, I've explored some, some kind of out there stuff, like even getting allergy treatments from like this like bionic machine that like you just like hook your hand up to. <laughs> Say no
1: more. Yeah. Yeah. Bionic and it, it like machine. tells you,
0: it sends like the feedback for like different things like pollen and like very specific, right? Like West African, like green pollen from this tree, like it'll send feedback to your arm. And if you're allergic to it, you can like treat it right there with like some crazy chiropractic stuff, stuff that I would never have like given a second thought to, I I was like, you know what? If it, if there's any percent chance it'll help, I'll try it. Um, and that stuff, by the way, that algae treatment actually worked. I don't have any of my algae issues anymore, which is bizarre. But, um, yeah, I had to like really look into different things. And like, I would say right now I'm like, uh, really gravitating towards like holistic naturopathic doctors, but who also kind of have a bit of a Western background and can also prescribe medication, which is important for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that
1: that's cool, man. So what's like, so you've been on a pretty long, like a years long journey, I gather you've put in a ton of time, like gone through a ton of ups and downs. Like, what's what are like, do you have a few other like sort of big picture takeaways that have, that have come out of this?
0: Yeah, yeah. So there are a few. Um, I think one of the things that uh, the first thing I can think of really is just like learning firsthand, like how much our health insurance system sucks. like it's pretty shitty like um it's really convoluted like to find out what how much you're gonna have to pay for anything is so complicated and sometimes impossible this one western doctor was recommended i get my tonsils taken out um because i had the constant sore throat and i was i remember trying to figure out how much that would cost me with like my current insurance and like i couldn't get an answer. Like, after unanswerable question. Yeah. Days so on the phone. Crazy. They were like, you have to talk to like the anesthesiologist who's going to be at that surgery room, but it has to be at the right shift. And it was like, and I couldn't get that answer. And it, and that could have, if I did that surgery, it would, it could have cost me like five to ten ten thousand $10,000 out of pocket. Like it's just, it was ridiculous. Um, and it's given me, yeah. Like it's given me a firsthand experience of like, wow, our healthcare system really needs to change. And if, and if you're even exploring people who are just a little bit, outside of mainstream, like, good luck to you. You're going to be paying. I mean, what was my last doctor's visit? Uh, it was like $375. (laughs) Like you're going to, you're going to have to be paying a lot of money.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot out of pocket. Um, I think another thing that I got out of it was, um, I actually, it was actually really great for me. I think self growth wise. And I, I really believe like nothing really fuels self growth, like difficult times. And, oh, boy, having chronic health issues (laughs) really puts you up against that. Um, And I just remember, like, just days and days going by, right, where you just feel like shit and you feel horrible. And, like, it's not going away and you feel confused. You're like, I don't know how to fix this. And, like, I know it'll take months and months and months before I might even see some improvements. And it it did this weird thing where, like, I don't know, like, not to sound cheesy, but I feel like it taught me, like, a lot of patience. Like, Mm. that healing may have to happen sometimes the way like a tree grows and about at that pace and like and to almost like to just kind of accept it and to like be okay with it. Um and also like I think something that a lot of people who have health issues feel like they feel like they're they're incomplete. They feel like they're not they're not as good as other people or like they there's something missing for them. And I had to learn. I was like, oh I, I could be in this place for years. And I was like I have to learn how to just be like fulfilled how i am now to not feel incomplete Mm -hmm. but to be like okay even feeling like this and feeling super crappy like to feel whole and to realize that yeah that like i'm okay like i don't need any to be better to be like a better me you know yeah um and then i think the last thing is i also realized that in talking about this every time i do open up about it to someone i realize like almost everyone is going through something like this. And if it's not them directly, you know, with a health issue or depression or whatever um, it's like someone they're really close to and someone they love. And yeah, there's a lot of us out there and uh, I don't know. I I think it'd be cool if more of us talked about it and opened up about it, maybe remove some of the stigma a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting to say that. Like I've thought a lot about the stigma that surrounds mental health Mm -hmm. Um, that's always been something that's been really clear to me, but I don't think I've ever thought before about there being a stigma just around like chronic health issues in general, especially those that you can't see. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's like, that's really interesting for me to sort of be kicking around in my head and, and to ponder and to think about like what, um, the extent to which that's a problem and what we can do to sort of like open up a little more about that.
0: Yeah. It's a softer stigma you know yeah, like, but, but it's still there but it's definitely there like i definitely I definitely felt a little like oh do i do i want to talk about this on a podcast <laughs> like yeah oh um, yeah yeah I, I you know a little hesitation so yeah um cool
1: and like i'm wondering if you um, if you could go back and tell yourself, if you could pick like the one most important thing to go back and tell yourself like five years ago as you were beginning this journey, other than just like giving yourself the diagnosis, which is nice, <laughs> or like, the answers that you now have, um, like what would be like out of the things you already talked through or anything else, like what would be just like the one most important thing you'd say to yourself? A few oh years man, ago?
0: you know I would say. It would be to to like ask for help and to talk about it and to like start looking for people who can help you, whether it's doctors or whatever alternative healers. Um, to be really proactive about that early on, I feel like I spent years um, just being like, "Oh, like I'm, I'm like, you know, I can figure this out on my own." Or you know, with like the depression and stuff, I'm like, "Oh, maybe it's just it's just like life stuff or whatever." Like maybe it was, but. I would have figured out a lot faster if either way, if I had someone to like talk to about it and if I, if I was more proactive about seeking things out. So yeah, if, if you are trying to figure some shit out in your life, I would say get on it as quick as you can. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be stubborn. Don't try to do everything on your own.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's, that's great advice. I could, uh, I could definitely take that to heart.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for my, uh, my potluck item for today. Gabe Rose, what are you bringing to the table today?
1: Oh, boy. Well, for my uh, main dish today, uh, I'll also have to start with a confession. Um, I'm a little embarrassed of this. Uh, I'm actually a lot embarrassed of it. Um, But for most of my life, I've been like really judgmental of vegans, Um, which is weird because A, you know, like I try not to be a judgmental person in general and B, it's particularly weird because as you know I'm a lifelong vegetarian um, right. like that's how I was raised and I've sort of stayed with it as like a personal ethical choice um but like I don't know for some reason I've always had this complex where I just felt like vegans were taking it way too far like for no reason like hey you don't have to kill the cow or the hen like what's the big deal just like right. yo know, they're producing the stuff just eat it it's delicious like why you know make life so complicated um but I'm i am I'm coming clean on this now with an apology to all of my vegan friends and vegan non-friends out there <laughs> um, that I've said like dismissive things about behind closed doors because I realized I was very wrong, um, and the reason why I think it was wrong is not because it's bad to eat dairy or eggs in general, but because I've realized recently what a shitload of other people have known for a very long time, which is man the way most dairy and eggs are produced is really really not very ethical at all like if you put any like sort of uh weight on like the like suffering of animals which i try to um not like equal weight to humans but just some weight um so yeah man i've been not like ready to be a vegan i don't really want to like be a vegan but i've really been trying to shift my diet recently to to at least move in that direction to just better align um like my choices when I eat with my like ethics and values just because it feels once you become conscious of something like that it just feels really wrong to not be doing something differently. Once you realize that, um, yeah, you're participating in something that's, that's way out of line with your values.
0: Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, that like kind of caused this shift for you? Did you get some new information on, on dairy processes or something?
1: Yeah, I think um, so. That book, Sapiens, which I've recommended to anyone who will listen to me talk book. for 30 seconds, uh, and mm-hmm. I think you're like halfway through now as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't about animal cruelty at all. And I think that was one of the things that one of the, re- but it has a few pages, but, and I really think it's like, like five pages, just sort of walking through this, just sort of in like a 600 page book overall. But for some reason, I think because it wasn't, that book wasn't about animal welfare. I think it made me, like, more open to hearing something that I'd sort of been closed off to for a long time. Like, I think there was part of me that had this story that, like, I was already doing all the right things, so why would I waste my time, like, Mm. seeing people who were, like, you know, more, like, extreme than me. Um, And so I think, like, I never like clicked on that link like from PETA or whatever because I just like something about me was, something within me was a little resistant to it but yeah sort of getting that information in a form where I wasn't um, expecting it and laid out in a really clear way from someone who felt like they weren't like a, a partisan of the issue someone who was just like a scientist like studying humanity and in the process of doing that just like broke down very objectively like how the system is treating like dairy cows and and egg hens mm-hmm. um it like it shook me and like ever since then i haven't i haven't been able to sort of look at things the same way
0: yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty terrible and it's interesting how little information and video there is out there um to actually like see this like i'm pretty sure it's a law that we're not allowed there's you're not allowed to it's film illegal. like yeah yeah Which is insane, right? Like it's like the government knows if if we had videos just freely coming out from like of how our food gets made, the entire everything would just crash. Like (laughs) and we'll become vegan like pretty fast. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um have you have you been finding it challenging to make the switch from vegetarian to soft veganism?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I've been trying to my goal has been to find to do enough that it feels like I'm making a sacrifice and I am making a sacrifice without doing too much that I either like do something that's harmful for my health or do like go so far that's not sustainable for me. So I've just come up with just some like simple rules like dairy and eggs at home. I'll only buy stuff that seems like very ethically produced, like either has like the American humane certified label on it or, um, it's from like a family farm or something. And again, like, these things still have a lot of imperfections. Like even the most ethically produced eggs, like they still like mass slaughter all the male chicks, like hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of male chicks are just like culling to death or crushed to death every year. Yeah. Like even if the chickens have much space So like, and like even dairy farm, like family dairy farms are still like producing veal, which is like for me ethically sort of pretty problematic. But my, my main focus is I really don't want to let perfect be the enemy of good. So I'll only buy stuff that I can feel pretty good about um, in the home. And then um, my big sacrifice was um, like when I go out to eat, like at restaurants, no more like egg dishes. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to avoid anything that has egg in it, but like omelets or chilequillas, like basically all of my favorite brunch foods, which is my (laughs) favorite meal. Like um, I'm not going to do, because by and large those eggs are just like the cheapest eggs you can get. They're made with like horrible practices. And like, That for me, that's my like stake in the ground. Like this sort of sucks for me. I'm not happy about it, but I gotta like, I gotta push myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's uh, that's really admirable. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like, I feel like we can all like unanimously agree that like one of the things that when we look back like 50 years from now and like, it's like, what was the, what was the one thing that like, we're going to be like utterly horrified that we were doing, you know? And like, I think we could
1: Trump. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, but electing Trump and then just the fact like, like our horrible uh, animal food practices, like, yeah. and it's funny, like, and even knowing that, like, I don't know, like, I haven't, I haven't really step taken any steps to, you know, like, to lower my meat consumption much. I mean, I, you know, I guess I will say, I've been living with a lot more um, environmentally conscious people and vegans over the past uh, nine months and um it definitely has made me more more conscious and i try as much as i can from now on to only get meat from like very sustainable and humane like farms and and ranches but but yeah like i don't know it's 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 funny to me that i'm i'm like not taking like greater steps for something that i know is something i'll be ashamed of looking back when i'm yeah. older, you know
1: yeah, it's a weird thing how that how that works, and like yeah. I I don't know. I think for me, like the the um the labels were a big problem. Like I think because I n- always knew I didn't want to be vegan, so I just like that was part of the contributing factors for me just never bothering to like explore those issues because I knew that wasn't for me. So I just then just stopped thinking about it. Um, even though like people would always say to me when they found out i was vegetarian like oh i'd love to be vegetarian but it's just too hard i love me too much and my mm-hmm. response would always be like well just cut back a little bit but even though like i always gave that advice to people in one context like i totally never took it for myself <laughs> in like the other context um so yeah like that's i think it's hard because like you might want to like eat a little more ethically and make different choices but without like a foundation without some like anchor or like rules or like principles to sort of like make it a little simpler or easier yeah. or, like anchor you a little bit i think sometimes it's hard to um sort of like chart out in a new direction like we don't have like labels for like oh i'm like sort of half vegan or right um or i just but try I think, to eat like ethically or whatever but i think like it's important to just like try to be a little better
0: you know yeah and and i really like that like I think almost like the hard labels can make it feel like a huge barrier to entry, right? Like you got to be fucking hardcore vegan or, well, it's like, well, that's, that's such a leap for me. Like I'm a meat eater. I don't know if I can do that. And so I don't even think about it, but like to know that you can always just move a few degrees, right? Like a few degrees closer, um, is much more doable. And, uh, I don't know. I like the idea of like labels, like soft veganism. Um, I think that's like way more accessible. And like, I like that. Like you, you're doing a, you're doing a little bit, you're doing your part to like, to help a little bit. And if everyone did that, the impact would be pretty huge. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I've, I, I've like never, never tried to talk anyone into being a vegetarian in my life. Like I view it as a personal ethical choice and I'm never going to try to talk anyone into being a vegan. Cause like those labels aren't what matter. Like right. W- what I would encourage people to do. And I'm encouraging myself to all the time is just, yeah, try to like, Try to just like know a little bit more, all of us, about how this food is created, what the implications are environmentally, ethically, et cetera, and just like, just a little better. Just like, as our client said this on this podcast recently, I thought it like captured it perfectly. Just like, think about eating as an ethical act. And it just once you to just start from that premise, mm-hmm. then you can make better decisions. You're not gonna make perfect decisions, but nobody makes perfect decisions. So fuck it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think in some way you've convinced me to give soft vegetarianism a try.
1: Oh so, damn!
0: Yeah. Wow. I've actually kind of been moving in that direction, but like I want to I want to take it a few degrees further, right? Like and just like replace some of my just leave out some of my meat meals a few times a week and yeah, see what just happens, a little right? Bit. Cool, yeah. Man.
1: I'm excited to hear back how that goes.
0: <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, that's the end of our conversational potluck, and that brings us. 2R, rapid fire, quick picks. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we really need some like theme music for that. Um, all right. So this is where we discuss our top three things that we've been recommending and obsessing over in the past month. Um, I will go first. And my number one is very practical and kind of boring, but I'm, I'm a huge believer in it. I think everyone should have an accidental budget in their in their budgeting system, whatever. So every month you pretty much set aside, you know, $50 to $100 a month and just put it into a budget that you can't touch until something comes along that you consider an accident. And Mm -hmm. it's a small amount of money that you're putting away each month. But like, man, when you need that accidental budget, it helps so much. Like the main thing I'm thinking of is is like getting parking tickets and I remember getting a parking ticket would be like the worst thing. It would like throw it out off my entire week. Right. And I'd be like so mad and like upset about it. And, um, and now when I get parking tickets, like I really, it doesn't even really phase me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've got this big ass accidental budget that will totally cover that. And it's good. And like the stress of it is all gone. And that applies to things. Like if I like lose something, right, like a headphones or whatever. And it's like, Oh God! This is the worst day ever. Like you know, those those cost so much money, and it's like all those emotional stressors gone. I'm just like I'm chilling, and uh, and it's really nice. I really nice. recommend it for everyone's emotional health.
1: Nice. Where did you uh, Where did you first hear about that? from? Like, was that your idea, or did you pick it up in a book somewhere?
0: No. So I first heard about it from uh, this book called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" by Ramit oh, Sethi. Yeah, and yeah. I think I actually recommended that to you when we were yeah. like 20, 21, or right out of college. Um and honestly it's still like I've read a ton of personal finance books since then and like I still think that would be the book I'd recommend to most people. Like if you yeah. are listening to this and you have never even thought about a budget and like really have no idea what you're doing with your money, um I really recommend this book. Like it gives you a really great overview that like I'm looking back like 10 years later and I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I set those structures into place and like have savings and, and just like the basics all set up. Um, so yeah, that's, I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great book. What's the, I have to ask. So what's like the, if you remember, what's the weirdest thing you ever had to spend your accidental budget like on <laughs> that you'd say that is there, like one thing that like parking tickets? I'm sure is the number one most common was there anything that was just like really bizarre accident that happened?
0: No, man, you know, I wish there was something exciting. Um, but parking tickets and headphones. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it might've been like a little fender bender that happened to my car when I was in Kauai and like, I was hanging out at my friend's house and I just heard like the squealing of tires and this huge thud, <laughs> and, like we all ran out and this woman had like lost control of her car, like in the driveway. <laughs> like, And it was like, and, and yeah, and like we worked it out, but like I got it repaired and accidental budget didn't didn't have a, an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. Take care of it. I like <laughs> it. Dude, that's
1: a really good idea. I've like known you do that for a while. I've never actually done it and I should probably do it.
0: Stress free, baby. Stress free. Yeah,
1: <laughs> All right. What's your number one? Um, So, you know, I always do a book recommendation just because I usually have a book that yes. I'm loving and, you know, today's going to be no different. Um. So I've been reading Hamilton um, Mm. by Ron Trudeau, which is the book upon which um, the play, the very now famous play by Lin-Manuel, is the book that inspired it. And it's amazing. It's a little on the nerdy end of the spectrum. It's like (laughs) 700 pages long. Um, So it's like it's a little bit of a deep dive, not for like every everybody, Uh but Dude, Hamilton's story is fucking amazing. Like, it's crazy (laughs) to me that that guy was not recognized as, like, one of the all-time great American Gs until, like, this book came out and then the play. And nobody would have recognized it if not for the play. Because, you know, there's, like, 12 people. Not literally 12 people, but um, the book's a little long. Um, So, yeah, man. It's just been, been an awesome read. And I've just been... I've been really inspired to like discover an amazing character that hasn't been hidden. Obviously it's like the $10 bill or whatever, but one of those guys that just like, you know got some credit, but not really the amount yeah. of credit he deserved for the role he played in like, you know, creating the whole country, which is, is around us.
0: That's awesome. And that's Hamilton by, by Ron Chernow.
1: Yeah. If you're up for, if you're up for a long read and there's like a lot of, a lot of applicability to like our current, political crisis in America. Like, I mean, seeing like what the rhetoric was like back then is so crazy and seeing how like (laughs) tenuous, like everything was in the country and how like it really could have at any moment fell apart. Um, And then the immigrant angle, like he was like, he came here from like St. Croix from another country when he was like 15. Um, And by the time he was 22, he was like George Washington's top aide fighting in the revolutionary war. I think that was like part of what, Inspired the play it was like it's it's one of the great all-time sort of immigrant coming to America huh. and like building the country stories. Um so yeah it's like inspirational, it's thought-provoking, you learn a ton and um yeah man, I've just been loving it. I got to recommend it.
0: That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Um what's uh what's up next for you? All right. So my number 2 um kind of random, uh but I want to share an experience I had when I was driving up to Tahoe this past weekend, I drove up with uh, a bunch of housemates. I think they're like uh, 30 of us, like taking over this cabin and on our way up. So we've all got like five different cars or something. And one, uh, someone from one of the cars, uh, this girl, Valerie <laughs> sent all of us, like she texted all of us, this like audio recording. And she was like, everyone listen to this in your cars. And we're like, okay. And we like plug it in. And she's like, this is DJ Iceman. I'm coming to you live. And like, and she did this little thing and she was like kind of playing, playing this little role. And we're heading up to a cabin that's right where the Donner Party pretty much stayed at. And she started giving us like a little history like of the Donner Party and like where we were going. And and actually cued like a video for us to watch. And it was like, it was really awesome. I know, I like when all of us were like, whoa, she she sent us something that we're supposed to play in the car, like it unlocked this like. I don't know. There's like a little bit of magic. They were like, Oh, something special is happening, you know? And then it sn- started to snowball. Like one of the other cars, then they sent a recording from their car where they were like, they pretend they're having like a little family meeting in their car, trying to decide who they would have to eat. Cause they're running out of food, you know? And, and then from there, it just like started going out of control. Like our car, We did, we recorded a Spanish like telenovela. (laughs) And like, even with including like music and narration, and like another car did a whole like uh, hip hop song with beat switches. And like, they spent two hours like rehearsing in the car. Another car did um, a fake press conference with Donald Trump about like his cannibalism. And they use this Donald Trump Trump soundboard where he's like, he's like actually responding to all the questions. And pretty funny man there was like something about that that just felt so special like that might have been my favorite moment from the whole trip and it was this way that we were all like kind of improving, playing like being creative and and it was so interesting because it was like we we're all like in different cars too yeah this was like some way that we were all like hanging out and playing together and i don't know i think i don't know exactly like what label to put on it but i think there's something to be said about like when you're hanging out with your friends like like being able to bring in a little like intentional, like special or creative moments in. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's highly underrated. And like, I think, I think people need a lot more of it. I know I do. Um, and it makes me think like we were just in Tahoe um, this for new year's with a bunch of our friends. Mm. And we had a bunch of like awesome, special little moments like that where like a few people just like kind of made something special and, and it kind of snowballed, you know, yeah. like, yeah, There was one awesome moment where um, I think some people were downstairs, like, making the room look special. And we had no idea. And they were like, okay, everyone, put on your onesies and put on these blindfolds. And, like, none of us had any idea what was going on. And a friend read, like, this beautiful speech he wrote. They started playing music. They were leading us downstairs. And we took off our blindfolds. And, like, they had decked out the entire room with glow sticks. Made a little glow stick dinosaur. Like, it was so much fun. And, like, little moments like that. Like, I don't know. Just... They're special. They're awesome. We need more of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's so your friend that um, that started it all was that like Had she gotten that from like a website somewhere or she
0: just like recorded it herself. Like yeah, she just thing? recorded it herself um, just with her her iPhone. Right. Like while on the drive up and then like just texted it to us and told us to play it. Um, but what's cool about her is like so um, she is like she used to be a camp counselor at Camp Grounded, which is like that one of those camps that have come out recently that are like camps for adults, like for people mm-hmm. our age to go yeah. and like, um, and so she, I think she has like, like doing something like that, like camp, like I think she has like a lot of ideas like that and has just has like that kind of inspiration to, to make moments special, bring a little intentionality to like bring different ways for people to play. Um, and yeah, I, I think experiences like camp burning man, things like that can really can help kind of inspire that kind of energy.
1: Yeah, it's like the play mentality, right? Like that's exactly. like just like viewing like random hangouts as like play once you sort of like switch into that sort of more childlike mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, a lot of fun things can open up.
0: Totally, totally. So yeah, if you get an opportunity, try try to bring some some play and some specialness into into your hangouts.
1: Yeah. The other the other thing that it reminds me of is like uh, I think like most people remember that the first follower of uh, yes. TED Talk. Yeah, like that's like it's if you ever have an idea it's really cool to like be the one that's like hey we should do this that the other but um it's also like even if we feel like we're not the people that like come up with like those like fun creative like really playful ideas it can be fun just to remember
0: how important the first follower is and when yeah. other people
1: throw out ideas that are like a little weird but it might be fun just like say yes and be their first follower you know
0: totally that's just as important some say even more important <laughs> Awesome. All right, well, what's your number two?
1: Dude, so I'm going to take that, like, really fun, creative idea and just hit you with something really just cut and dry and, and pretty boring. <laughs> but I think it's important, which is do why it. I'm going to do it. Do um, And it's related to, you know, current um, sort of national crisis going on right now. Um, and that is the idea of being a monthly donor to organizations that you care about. Mm. So I think, like, a lot of us right now are seeing – a lot of different communities under threat, seeing our democracy in pretty rough shape um, and are wanting to give and are giving um, to organizations we care about. Um, But like for any nonprofit, it's way, way, way more useful to have someone be a monthly donor where there's like money coming in every month they can rely on and budget for and plan for than just giving one time. And I think what Mm -hmm. happens with a lot of organizations is like, when they're in the news, like a ton of money comes in and it spikes and then they're out of the news and it drops. And you just have these big waves, which obviously they managed yeah. through. But like when the ACLU like took action this weekend to fight the refugee and Muslim ban, like they didn't, they weren't using the money that people then gave them this weekend. Like they were using resources and infrastructure they built over months and years. And that had to be planned for, for years. And so like, um investing a little bit regularly instead of like just giving in the big moments, I think is much more useful for nonprofits. So I think a lot of people are donating right now, which is awesome. And like we all need to keep doing that. And I would just plant a little seed for people if they're donating to whatever organization is, is doing um, the work that most resonates with them right now. Think about instead of just giving 25 bucks or 50 Mm bucks or a hundred bucks, whatever you're giving right now, just think about a month. Even if it's five bucks, just think about a monthly amount that works for you. You're not going to miss it. You're not ever going to think about it. It's auto-deductive. You just don't have to think about it. And then just like every month you're doing the right thing.
0: Um, (laughs) Automatically. That's
1: my my pitch. Automatic (laughs) doing the right thing, you know?
0: That's awesome. We should, I I think in our quick picks, we're recommending having an accidental budget and having a monthly like donation donor budget, you know? Um, Yeah. I love that idea. Are there any like, organizations that you recommend right now that you think would be super effective?
1: Um, I mean, I, w- let's drop some into the show notes. I want to make sure I'm like really trying sure. to, I'm not like, especially on like the issues of like refugee protection. Like I'm not, a say is obviously doing amazing work. So are a bunch of other organizations. Right. Um, I have ones that like I like in particular, but I'm not sure like they're necessarily like the most important ones right now. I um, also like even outside of, for me personally, like, even outside of just, like, politics, um, I give, like, just, like, a little bit of money. Like, I think literally just five bucks to Doctors Without Borders every month. But, mm-hmm. like, that just feels like, yeah, they're doing, like, such important work. Like, how can – they're an amazing organization. Like, why am I going to buy a coffee instead of Doctors Without Borders? You know? It's right. just like So, just finding those little things that are just really um,
0: – they're important and meaningful to you.
1: Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll drop some in the show notes.
0: Yeah. So be sure to check the show notes. We'll uh, drop some great recommendations that have been thoroughly vetted and researched oh, by very our very own gay Rose. <laughs> and also, quick side note, but I've noticed like that that model um, of like monthly recurring donations is like is becoming like kind of the new model for a lot of things. Like I think it's almost a reaction to the Kickstarter model, mm. which. Like, you know, it's a similar thing. It's like you just get this flurry of money all at once and it can be very difficult to, to use right and to sustain. And um, there's a lot of problems with it. And I know like there's a site called Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of like the answer to that in this kind of recurring donation model where it's like. Instead of like, yeah, let's say we wanted to start a podcast and take it big. Instead of giving us a huge sum of money, just give us like $5 a month, you know? And like, and we can keep it going. And like, you keep, and then you get to like keep bringing stuff to your subscribers also. Like, you can do special gifts for them and special hangouts and things like that. But I think this patron model of like constant, low, steady stream um, makes a lot more sense. And I think it's an easier way to show support, you know?
1: Yeah. Although I should say, we just want to be really clear. If anyone just wants to give us a very large sum of money to do this podcast, like that's okay too.
0: Oh yeah, we'll, yeah. That's it totally might not fine. be
1: ideal, but but we'll make it work.
0: We'll know what to do with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> awesome. Um, great. Glad we solved that one. Um, all right, Jamin, number three. All think? right,
0: all right. I'm gonna hit you with it. So my number three is about questions, and specifically better questions to ask when you meet someone, or you're trying to get to know someone better. Um, I think the standard question that we have when we meet someone these days is, "So, what do you do?" Meaning, what do you do for work? What do you do for that period of time throughout the throughout the day that everyone complains about, <laughs> like, is annoyed with? And I don't know. I, I find that that's such a shitty question. Uh, I feel like it tells you nothing about someone. It starts a conversation on this like boring, dry like. Here's my label, and that I put out into the world. What's your label that you put out into the world? Like. Mm. So anyways, I feel like I'm always looking for better questions um, to ask than that. And there are a few that I've really been enjoying asking lately. Um, I think my favorite right now that gets like the best response is, what are you excited about these days? And that question, man, it's so simple, right? Like, what are you excited about these days? You hear that and you're not like, if someone asked you, what's your passion? You'd be like, fuck, what? Oh man, it's like So much overwhelming. Pressure. But what you're excited about, like people can think about that really quick. It's also not what you're excited about, you know, in your lifetime. It's like these days. It's just like what's recent? What's like coming up for you? Um, and that, I feel like, gives you such a better idea of like of you know learning about someone and you you hear what they're really stoked about in this moment. Um, and I think funnily enough, maybe I think I got inspired with that question by like our podcast a little bit. I feel like that's a little bit of what we're asking nice. each other each month what are you excited about gabe here's what i'm excited about
1: yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's it's fun (laughs)
0: um another question i've really enjoyed is what's something you've recently learned and uh and i love that one it's like it's really interesting to hear how people interpret that like some people would be like oh well i learned like an interesting russian word for like ice skating or something (laughs) and other people will be like we'll take that in like a I learned like a deep life lesson, you know? And um, yeah. I don't know, it's really fun like seeing how people interpret that and, like, and you always learn something interesting and, and more under the surface deeper.
1: Um, so I love this. I really, I've over the last years grown to really dislike the what do you do uh question yeah um such a bad question so so a few a few quick reactions a you got to put your specific questions in the show notes because i think those be really helpful i know like i i avoid the work question but i really struggle to find like substitute questions and one of the reasons i think i I struggle to find substitute questions is some of the questions like those questions you threw out they might feel a little bit weird to ask someone you first sure. met, so I'm curious, like, what if anything you do to make it feel less weird?
0: Yeah, I think part of it is if if it you can tell that it's gonna feel like a little weird coming out in that social interaction, because a lot of it is also the other person, right? Like, yeah, of course. Um, but I think just a little self awareness is all it takes. Like, as you're asking the question, you can have a little smirk or a smile on your face where you, you're kind of like, yeah, no, this is kind of weird. This is a little out of left field, but I'm asking it <laughs>
1: like doing it.
0: Yeah. And like a little, like a, just a little, of that self-awareness um, can take away any of that weirdness. Cause you're doing it on purpose, you know? Um, and honestly, like people just love talking about themselves. And I think anyone who's, who's asked like, what are you excited about these days? Would, would be pretty stoked to like talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, and some people even go through the hassle of starting a podcast. About themselves. <laughs> exactly.
0: And you know, you can probably just do a one, two punch. You can just be like, So what do you do for work? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh uh Okay, cool. What are you excited about these days? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, Get that one out of the way. And now you're having a conversation, right? So you're like, oh, well, well, what else are you excited about these days? What else, right? Um, Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. And I'll say just one more question that I've been uh, enjoying is uh, this one's probably a little weirder. Maybe you should wait till you're like you're a little (laughs) mid-conversation with someone. But um, what are some themes that are coming up in your life right now? Mm. And for people who are game for that question, and it usually helps if you go first, if you're like, "What are some themes that you're coming up in your life right now?" And like people get a little blank-eyed and then you'll be like, "Well, you know for me, one, one of the themes that's coming up is like is community. Like I'm, I'm noticing that community is really important for me or like intimacy. I'm like I really want to explore that you know in dating. Um, when you give like little examples, then people usually are game and it's a question that they that I I think is enriching, not just because it gives the other person a good answer, but I think it it actually invites someone to look a little deeper into their own life and examine a little bit and maybe make little connections that they wouldn't have on their own, and uh, so everyone wins.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's great. I am gonna I am gonna go into our show notes on Supposes. I'm gonna write down your questions in Evernote, and I'm gonna like <laughs> next time at a party like bust out like my like Jamin questions note and like try to use it because I really. I want to like make progress on this front. I'm not good at coming up with other questions. My my own little personal protest against this, which I've been doing mm-hmm. for years, um, is uh anytime, I think really without exception for over the last I don't know 2 or 3 years, someone has asked me, "What do you do?" I always ask the clarifying call follow-up for work. Uh, <laughs> because I think like the idea that like automatically it should be implied that that just means work, of course, like I just don't like that. Like, I don't like yeah. accepting that premise. Um, and every once in a while, so, like, normally people are like, yeah, of course, what the, What do you think? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> give me, like, a weird look. But every once in a while, someone will go, oh, no, or just in general, whatever. And then I'll, like, get to talk about something <laughs> that has nothing to do with work. Um, and by the way, it's, like, nothing to do with, like, I love, I've loved my job. Like, yeah. your job can be amazing. I just, like, it's not about whether your job is amazing or not. It's just, like, uh... I don't know, just like the the cultural phenomenon where we just sort of define yeah. ourselves each other. First and foremost, by our work, and then everything else second. I, you know, I'm not about it.
0: Yeah, totally. Awesome. All right, so yeah. what is your third and final quick pick?
1: So my third and final quick pick, much vaguer than that, but it's going to throw it out there. Very relevant to our current situation. Again, I just want to put mm. in a plug for protesting. And the reason I want to do that is I feel like a lot of times when people go out and protest, a bunch of people who aren't at the protest are like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But is this going to do anything? And the answer is maybe it will, maybe it won't, but like, you got a better idea. (laughs) And (laughs) And, and to be like a little more specific and less facetious, like obviously like no like protest by it in and of itself, like completely reverses some situation or changes everything. But like no one action by itself does that. And like, I think there's what we have a lot of good qualitative and quantitative research to tell us that protesting actually really does matter like much more than the haters give it credit for. Like, obviously mm-hmm. some protests can be better. Some protests can be worse. Like not a big fan of like the crazy anarchy shit where people bust windows for no reason. Like right. that's not really, it's super helpful. Uh, so it's not like an endorsement of like every protest and speaking of time, but like dude, watching what happened this weekend was amazing. That was so inspiring. And like that, that made progress. If you imagine two versions of this past weekend, mm-hmm. one, the version we had and another version where people just like, you know, just like stayed at home. were like, Oh yeah, that sort of sucks. But like nobody got out in the streets. Like those are two radically different worlds. And like, we live right. in like a better, more hopeful world because people did what they did over the weekend. Um, so let's keep doing it like people that are angry which should be basically all of us um <laughs> let's keep getting out there and making heard and like don't feel like weird or awkward or like embarrassed or like oh like this isn't gonna work no no it is gonna work like we have to keep showing up in person is what's really gonna matter um mm-hmm. showing up in person making phone calls to congressman's office let's like we gotta we gotta keep showing up in three dimensions
0: yeah and I think, A lot of times, like, people focus so much with a protest, like, what is going to be the actual result, like, on the issue, right? But I think people often forget that there's also a really important, like, internal response. Like, what it does to the people themselves, their spirit, right? Like, going to a protest can turn someone from feeling, like, alone and, and despondent and, like, not knowing what to do into feeling, like they have a, a community that's 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 also feeling the same like to feel fired up to actually feel uh creative and to feel like excited about doing something um i think that is all that's hard to measure but i think that has just as much of an effect maybe if not more and can almost be like the first step or like the kindling fire that will later like turn into a roaring one you know yep um so, yeah, I think I think what's happening with join the protests, like get involved in whatever way you can. Um, but it helps to like actually get off the keyboard and like yeah, and show up and, it, and do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pick up a phone, get out there in person and not just for the I think it's actually more effective, but also just just for yourself, like be around other people who feel this way and like and galvanize and inspire each other, you know. So, yeah, yeah
1: cool man awesome. i like it totally agree
0: all right well that brings us to the end of the quick pick segment and to the end of our show that was a that we was, that was a pretty good one we, we clocked in at like under a little shorter than usual which i'm going to ruin yeah, by yeah. talking for the next 10 minutes about that <laughs> <laughs> about
1: how short we were yeah um cool but, well, um, This has been a great episode
0: yeah This has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you more, asking more questions that aren't just about work. uh, Next one. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. I'm in. Awesome. Well, until then, uh, stay safe, people. Buckle your seatbelts and get engaged. It's going to be a long ride. Yeah. We need a better tagline. If you have any suggestions, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) All right. We're out. Peace. (laughs)